1: we need more love is what it comes down to but it has to be real love which means not being judgmental about others and allowing others to be who they are
2: Yeah. yes <imitation> Sri Yaamma je je Naa Yeah. Se aaram se se ottam <laughs> o Akro guru dev ke naai sankatam ochan krpana da i
1: See what's happening here. Is there a difference between chanting kirtan or chanting mala mantra alone? As find the kirtan chanting kirtan is so much easier than chanting mala mantra. Daily practice of chanting mala find challenging. Yeah, um, I think ultimately there's no difference. I think uh, well there's a lot you can say about it certainly uh, chanting involves um, involves music and sound external sound that gives us more more things to hang our attention on to keep Paying attention, uh, and we seem to human beings seem to like singing, making noise, and uh, <clears throat> and spiritually they say that chanting out loud is not only is not only a blessing for you who are doing it, but also then other people get a chance to hear the name being sung, and that's good for them. <clears throat> However, uh, it's really a question of what works for you at any particular time. Uh, sometimes you feel like a nut, sometimes you don't. And so sometimes you'll feel like singing out loud, and sometimes it'll be quiet. When you're sitting, I think also when you're chanting, it's very simple. You're just chanting, singing. But when you sit down with the mala, you have lots of expectations. You know, okay, now I have to really meditate. Now I have to like, you know, uh, something's got to happen now. i got to really do something. And of course, you're screwed right away because, you know, that's, that ruins everything. So from that point of view, chanting is much sneakier because it is meditation, of course. Every repetition of the name is a great blessing. And when we chant out loud or with a group of people, we're just having a good time. And enjoying ourselves, and that's fine. When you're home alone with your mala sitting in a corner, you know, it's like grinding it out for a lot of people. And that's only because, though, of our expectations. If we would just sit down and do it and not have any expectation, like, okay, this really has to, I know I have to really meditate, just do it and then go ahead and, you know, do the rest of your day, you would find that it gets easier and more things will uh, unfold that way. So, yeah. And, you know, why do something that's challenging if you don't have to do it? Or why, why? Because it's challenging because, once again, we want something to happen. We're, we're, we have a different model of what we're doing than when we're just chanting and singing. Same names, same sounds... The only difference is our own heads. My energy just dissipates at the end of the day, and so does my resolve to work, chant, or cook. Okay, so you're going to starve. Spiritually, you won't get anything, and then you won't be able to eat because you're not cooking. (laughs) You get thrown out of your house, you won't be able to eat, and no, you won't make any spiritual advancement. Oh, that's bad. (laughs) How to plug into the spirit more easily. Well, listen, there's a million things here. Your blood sugar might be dropping. There could be a million reels while you're getting run down at the end of the day. I don't think it's a spiritual issue, so to speak. I think it's probably a physical, emotional issue. And uh, you should get some blood tests and see what's going on. Why you get so tired? uh and see if there's a physical reason for that i'm just the opposite i'm a wreck in the morning but as the day goes on once it's nighttime i get i'm wide awake and i i can't get to sleep before two o'clock three o'clock if i didn't waste so much time at night god i'd probably be enlightened already so it's all dependent on your on your system and uh but if you really uh not feeling good, you should get checked out. What's the problem? Having trouble transforming a toxic family relationship, any advice? Well, you know, Ramdas used to always say, if you want to see how you're doing, if you're making any progress spiritually, go and visit your family. <laughs> Nothing brings out the worst in us than family situations. To some, some, some of us. Yeah, no. know family situations are very can be very difficult and very, let's not use the word toxic, they can be painful. This whole toxic thing, I don't get into that. There's pain and suffering and then there's not pain and suffering. So if there's pain and suffering, we have to see what, where is it coming from and why are we feeling that way? our suffering is based on how we see the world and how we react to the world around us we're seeing our own version of things and reacting to that and of course in families there's a lot of history emotional stuff from day one so there's a lot of stuff stored in there so it's never only one person's fault uh well fault is not even the right word it's it it it's a dynamic that's among all the members of the family so much is happening underneath the surface so um we need more love is what it comes down to but it has to be real love which means not being judgmental about others and allowing others to be who they are that's not easy for us we want everybody to be who we want them to be so we'll feel okay which is asking the world a lot, asking, demanding a lot. So um, it's good work. It certainly shows you where you're not and where you have attachment and aversion and where, you, where you're not getting what you want from people. It's very good work. And there are times when you may not want to do that work. That's fine. But ultimately, our hearts have to become as wide as the world, and everyone is inside of that, even the people that we don't like. So you don't have to like everyone. You don't have to like a person's role, but their soul and who they really are is the same as who you really are their soul is real love. They may not know that. They may be stuck in their role. But that doesn't mean that we have to be stuck reacting to the role, although most of the time we are. The whole process of the spiritual path is to release all those all that damaged stuff all that stuff that makes us hate other people and fear other people and hold on to other people and push other people away so we get to the point where we can allow people to be who they are because we've gotten to the point where we can also allow ourselves to be who we are and not judge ourselves so harshly so, it's a whole thing. There's no button to push to make it all okay. Uh, you know, we are the buttons and we have to work on that stuff if we're going to ever overcome the, the the innate or not the innate but 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 the the presence of of suffering and and, and unhappiness. If we're going to unwind that And find what's real, real love, real happiness, real joy in life. We have to find a way to do that. And it starts inside. And then it expands to include others. If you're going to go home or go to your family and just get wiped out all the time. What's the use of that? So you try to work on yourself so that you find a new way to interact with those people they don't need to find a new way to interact with you that's that's not you can't require that of somebody all we can ask is ourselves to find a new way to not judge to not evaluate to not push away to not anger so that's the real work (coughs) <coughs> same question when Ram Das says we're all just walking each other home can you explain clearly how to apply this in your daily life well yeah we are just our lives we're all interactive with everybody all the time you get up in the morning, you have some cereal. Somebody grew that, those, those oats. Somebody else ground them up. Somebody else made them into Cheerios. Somebody else got the raisins together for you. The grapes grew the grapes, dried the grapes, made raisins, sent them over here. Somebody put them on the shelves of the store. We didn't do anything except eat but we wouldn't have anything to eat if it wasn't for everyone around us. So in that sense, we're all so interconnected. And you can't get away from that. You can't. You can go live in a cave in the Himalayas, but you have to eat. Someone's going to have to bring you food. Somehow you have to arrange for food. So... We're all walking each other home when we do our work on ourselves and when we invite others into our, into our hearts. And that's big-time work. And if that's going to happen for us, we ourselves need to begin... To unwind and untie some of the knots in our own hearts, which are causing us to have negative reactions to things around us. Negative reactions. You can have. You can have uh, non-judgmental reactions, which are clear, and you might not. You may choose not to interact with certain people. That doesn't mean it's negative. It could be based on reality. This is not healthy let them be who they are. I'm going to be who I am somewhere else. That's perfectly fine. So ultimately, we're all moving home. We're all going home. We're all moving in the same direction. And as we... As we learn... As we... uh, Recognize how much we, how selfish we are and how self-centered we are and how we feel like everything revolves around us and I have to be happy first and then everything else we'll see what happens. I need to get what I want. That can be a big problem. Because we start to use other people for our own pleasure, for our own needs, and and we get manipulative, and, and, and love just disappears. When there's manipulation, there can't be any love. So... I know that a regular practice helps us face the difficulties in life as they come. But what do we do when we feel lost in despair? Well, that's a difficulty in life. Our feelings are part of life. I'm singing, I'm here, but it can feel unbearable to bear some of the things that come to us. Yeah, it can. It can. Ah... However, over time, through regular practice, the unbearable changes. Uh, uh, the way we relate to what was previously unbearable, it changes. It, it doesn't get us the same way. It doesn't hurt us so deeply. It, it, the weight, it gets lighter. Because as we do more practice... We're connecting to our inner strength, our inner presence, our own being, our own love, our own good feeling inside, our own strength, which is less reactive naturally. And so when difficult and you say unbearable, but you're still here, so it's not unbearable. It's just hard, and painful. That's part of life. There's no way around that. Nowhere to go where that's not going to be. You see, so that's why it's important to try to find a way to live in the world in a good way, without being destroyed by it. Because there's nowhere else to go and nothing else to do. Some people feel they get born and they're going to die and that's the end to it. I don't know. From everything I've absorbed and been around the last 55 years or so, that doesn't seem to be the way it is. But who knows, you know? So maybe there's no reason for any of this. But the reason is that we hurt and we don't want to we want to be happy so when we have a very powerful emotion like despair this is very com- this is not the, the, it, there's ways to deal with those we can learn ways to deal with complex difficult painful emotions it's not so easy. First, we kind of need to be able to slow down a little bit. Otherwise, we get washed, wiped out by that emotion. And we're lost for X amount of time until the energy of that emotion dissipates. And then we kind of get back to our usable, mopey self. Uh, but there are ways to deal with emotions which change the dynamic inside of us. It changes how we feel them and what it means to feel those dark, heavy, despairing feelings. But it all starts with a commitment to do practice. So when you're singing, if you're singing and paying attention to what you're, you're chanting, at that moment, the feeling is not unbearable. There's this phrase, "Is eternal damnation is eternal as long as you're in it. When it passes, it wasn't eternal. The quality of some of these emotions are like eternal damnation. It's always going to be here. I'm always going to feel like this. I'm never really free from this. I just think I am. I'm fooling myself. This is bullshit. I'll never get anywhere. That's called eternal damnation. And as long as that emotion lasts and those feelings are pumped up, we really feel like there's no way out. And then the next day we wake up and we don't feel that bad. And how long we spend in that place, that dark place, has a lot to do with with how we live and how we see ourselves. And what we're in touch with in our deepest parts so the more practice you do you'll spend less time in that eternal damnation but while you're in it it will feel eternal what can you do? that's the deal that's the way it feels but if you keep your practice up when you're chanting you can't be feeling that otherwise you wouldn't be chanting you'd be on the floor crying so even though it seems like it's always there you're not really always tied to it so strongly there's a lot more space in there than you think but we don't see that it's too subtle And we also have the expectation that if we do a little bit of practice this stuff won't bother us anymore That's what they call unreasonable. (laughs) It's unreasonable to expect that. But on the other hand, if we don't do some practice, if we don't try to find what's real within us, if we don't try to find a way to let go of this stuff as it comes up, then what? So... What did Maharaji gossip about? There are some say to only speak about spiritual aspects or, or rather speak less or not at all. But Maharaji used to love gossip. He talked about everything. And people, you know, they didn't, they, he would just go on and on. And a lot of times he was talking about the future. Like there was one guy who had a car, one devotee, and Maharaj, oh, you know, you're, you're going to park your car back there. In the back part of the temple, in the jungle, you know, this now there's a road and a parking area back there. But 30 years ago, 40 years ago, or 50 years ago, whatever, there wasn't. But Maharaj said, oh, you'll park your car back there. They didn't know what he was talking about, but because he was just like, he was in the past, the present, the future, all at once, all the time. And, of course, he knew everything. So a lot of times he would talk about things to one person. And it was the person over there who got the message. Like he would say something to somebody. He would talk about the weather or something like, you know, anything. And, And the person would just be engaged with him. But it was the person sitting over there who heard it who realized that Maharaji was talking to him and giving him a message or a teaching. And Maharaji knew that, you see, he was, that's how he did things. Rather than just tell somebody, don't do that, or you're doing the wrong thing, he would be over here like yada, 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 and the person over there, oh, would get the message. So he, everything he was saying was in response to who was there. Well, I can't say everything, but it seemed like much of what he was saying and doing was in response to the people who were there at that time. Of course, at the, in other ways, he was talking to people who we couldn't see. Who was talking? He was having, visiting somebody in America or in another part of India or another part of the world. He was giving darshan to somebody, or showing up in their dreams or in their minds. And he might say something out loud, but it wasn't meant for us. It was meant for, it was really talking to somebody else. It's inconceivable the state of a being like this. There's no way. For instance, sometimes you're standing on the shore of a lake, and you look at the lake, and you can see all the trees and mountains and everything around you in that reflection in the lake, right? They're not really there, but it looks like everything's in this small little lake or pond even, or even puddle. You can you look at the puddle and you can see all kinds of things reflected. They're not really in the puddle, but we see them in the puddle. What, these great beings... See things differently than we do. We only see what our senses allow us to see, what our our consciousness, which is locked into the sense input, and interprets the inf- information from the senses. These beings have other senses that we don't have. It's inconceivable, it's un, un, impossible to understand or, or experience what they're experiencing at this point, until we ourselves transcend our sense of separateness. We're locked into me, they are not, me, 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 all day long, all life long, me, 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 mine, this, mine, I, me, mine, I, me, mine, yeah. Like George Harrison said, they're not locked into that. They're everywhere. Hanumanji is called Trikalavesham, the dweller in the three times past, future, present. At once, how could that be? That's what I mean. How? It's inconceivable. What do I think about dying? What's the next line there? <laughs> Merging with one or soul stays intact or other. I don't know. You know. I'll let you know later after I die. You know that joke about the old Jewish couple? The guy's really sick. He's very close to death. And his wife says to him, so, you know, uh, do you want to be buried or do you want to be cremated? Well, the guy's quiet for a while. And then he says, Surprise me. I love that. <clears throat> the lesson of not interfering with the decisions of loved ones and letting it be has been a challenge. For sure. But suspending judgment is, even, is proving even more difficult. Yeah, that's what it means to be a human being. We're full of judgments and evaluating all the time. And we think that we see things, we we know what's best and people should do it the way we want. We, we would like them to do it because we obviously know what's best, which is not so obviously not true. So when you're stuck in judging other people, you're really locked out of your own heart. And the pain that you feel, being crushed by your own thoughts and emotions, is terrible. You think we we think we know so much. We think we know what people should do and how they should be. We don't. We really don't. But we think we do, and so we we evaluate everything in front of us, and people, and we think we know who they are, and this and that. Boy. So it's very difficult to stop that, to lighten that up. There's no question about it. And our judgments is what causes us pain. Someone sick with COVID was vaccinated and wore masks. I hope you feel better. Yeah, very difficult out there these days with this Delta virus, Delta variation variant. I am doing practice. I am doing practice of Hanuman Chalisa, chanting a lot. But I can't control my anger. How could I control my anger? (laughs) You know, I was with this Baba once in India, who told us, you know, that he used to have a lot of anger, and because he was doing all this Hanuman Puja. And Hanumanji is there's a wrathful, you know, really warrior aspect to Hanuman as well. So he was doing all this practice and his shakti was like this and he would get angry and scream at people. So he told us that um, he used to have his devotees, he used to serve him his food at a certain time. And if it was one minute late, he would explode with anger and throw the, the food all over the place and not eat. So he told us that when Maharaja used to visit him, Maharaji would take his watch and turn it ahead a little bit so that when the devotees brought the food, he would look at his watch and think that they were late. And just when he was getting ready to throw the food away, Maharaji would grab it and eat it himself. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, anger. Anger, it's just, you know, <sighs> you, I don't, you can't control anger. That's the wrong way to look at it, I think. Because once the anger is, is there, once you're in it, in that cloud, there's no controlling it. All you could possibly do is little by little calm your ass down and release the energy. Let it flow out of you. Let it flow out of you. Talk yourself down. Calm yourself. But it ain't easy. When you, when you get quieter inside, you can sometimes see that anger coming. You can see it. It's just grabbed you and it's just starting to build. If you can catch it at that point, you can, it's easier to let go of, but it's not easy to do that. Um, I don't think that your anger is coming from doing the Hanuman Chalisa. I don't think that's the case at all. I don't think that, I'm not sure that's just what you're implying here. But just keep doing Hanuman Shalisa and ask Hanuman and Maharaja to help you with your anger. That's, that's, you have to want to be free of it. You have to want, really want to. It's not enough to just be disappointed in yourself because you're angry again. You have to really want to be free of it. And so you ask them to help you. Why not? Because if you're if you're doing the Hanuman Shalisa, you are invoking the presence of Hanuman by doing that. And so you can ask Hanuman to help you. And by doing that, you're creating a little space inside of you where you're open to change. Whether it happens or not at that point, that's not up to us. But we can make the effort to ask for help. We can, we can, make the, uh, we can create that space by asking for help. Whether it comes or not in that moment, we'll see. Maybe we're not really asking. Or maybe we're not really ready to let go. Maybe there's other stuff going on inside there. All these emotions are so complex and they're all interwoven together. All these destructive, negative emotions. And uh, it's really, it's the work that we Westerners have to do. Because we were born into a culture with no understanding of life, with no understanding that there is a way to live in this world in a good way, with real love, with kindness and caring for yourself and others. And it's not all about get, 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 grab, 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 more, more, more. But we grew up in that culture, in that milieu of more and more more we need more and more 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 is better you know and that's so deeply ingrained in us emotionally too and and that love has been used to control us as children and as people for all these years it's very difficult to rewire our hearts it's it's serious stuff But it can be done, of course. But if you're, if you're singing Hanuman Chalisa, you know, try to not do it totally mechanically. Try to recognize that you're singing to someone. And if you don't think about Hanuman, you can think about Maharaji. You're singing, you're offering this practice to him. Every line is a mantra and you're offering all these lines to him, like flowers. Each word, each syllable, you're offering to the presence of Hanuman Maharaj. And that itself will allow you to go deeper into that and with a deeper sense of gravity. Those negative emotions don't grab you as deeply for as long. Yes, there is, uh, I don't know, is it a YouTube? Somebody's asking if if there's a YouTube video with Maharaji chanting Ram Ram. Uh, There is, yeah, and it's actually him. We actually, I and Ramesh Radas, we were in Nanital in 1970, of course, when we first got to India. And one of the devotees who invited us to dinner Dwarka Shah and his family, uh, he, uh, he had recorded Maharaji on a... They had, like, tape recorders with tape, you know, like old, old style. And we had Walkmans, a Walkman tape recorder. I think we did. We must have. And I think it was the first time that we went, sometime in that first visit. I could be wrong. I don't know when Walkmans actually... Arrived on the planet from wherever they came from, uh, but anyhow, at some point, we recorded. It. He played it on his tape recorder for us, and we recorded it on on our Walkman. On you know tape to tape, it was very a lot of tape hiss, a lot of noise, background noise. And over the years, I clean. I, t- I took it to a studio, and we tried to clean it up and and get some of the. So there is definitely, uh, it's somewhere. I, I, I don't, maybe it's on YouTube. I think I saw somebody put it up, um, on YouTube. You know, I, if I find it, I'll try to put it up on my website, a link to it if I can. Uh, I have it somewhere. Uh, the Love Serving Member Foundation also has it up, I think, somewhere on their website. I could be wrong, but I think they do. <coughs> and it is Maharaji. Like that. You know, he's not chanting, singing, like, you know. Like that. We made a tape loop out of it. There's really only maybe 20 seconds total, I think. Maybe 30 seconds at the most. We made a loop out of it. So... It just keeps going, 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 going. And is that a good way to connect uh, with Maharaji? That's the other part of your question. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. How do we help the ego mind from being bored when becoming nobody well when you're nobody when you're really nobody you're actually everybody it means you're freed from the prison of me and you've expanded you've recognized your true nature as the whole universe how can you be bored there's nobody to be bored anymore so all these misunderstanding these concepts are very is very dangerous to our not dangerous but hurtful because we we think we understand what we mean by being nobody and you mean it's you're going to be dead, no feeling, no sensation, no enjoyment, no pleasure, no pain, nothing that's not the way it is being. Becoming nobody, it means that you see the truth, which is that you are not a separate thing from all the other separate things in the universe. That you are actually, everything is completely interdependent and connected. Nothing exists by itself completely. Nothing can exist without all the other things that exist. It's called interdependence. Connection, interconnection. And when we get out of the prison of our own thoughts, we enter into the universe of love. And you're no longer who you thought you were, with who you, you never were, but you thought you were somebody. But you're really real reality, loving awareness, presence, being, Buddha nature, soul, God, whatever you want to call that. And it feels very good one of the names that describe that is called sat chit ananda reality consciousness and bliss those are the qualities of who we really are that's who we are we're not you know frank from toledo who's depressed frank from toledo is Satchit ananda but he doesn't know that so he's bored and unhappy But when we get out of the prison of our own thoughts, our own heads, we're freed from all those mistaken beliefs about ourselves. Is it possible to use chanting in meditation as a way to avoid our destiny? And if so, how can we incorporate it in a way that doesn't betray our truest evolution? You can't avoid your destiny, whatever that is. Whatever you mean by destiny, the nature of destiny is that it can't be avoided. It might be able to be redirected a little bit or changed or lightened up or... There might be some big rocks in the river of our life that can be removed by grace and and love. But if you plant seeds of anger, fear, shame, greed, guilt, selfishness, that's what will grow. If you plant seeds of love and compassion and kindness and caring, that's what will grow. What you call destiny, what we call destiny is what we're, you know, what we're experiencing now is our destiny. This is what we've created in our own past, so to speak. Not me, Krishna Das, but whoever this was in previous existences, if you believe that if I believe that, my own acts have created this moment and everything in it and everyone in it. There's no way around that. The only thing we can do is learn how to meet each moment in an open, non-judgmental way, in an accepting kind of way. And when we don't react, it's like when we don't react against something, we don't create more karmas. We don't push, give the energy back to it, and then it comes back again. We let the wave come over us, and the energy dissipates. But we tend to react and push things away because we don't lag, or we want more, we want to hold on. Either one of those things creates more suffering. Do I ever dance, jump up and down when chanting? It's hard to play the harmonium when I'm jumping up and down. Krishna Das I know some may think I should know the answer to this question but I'm going to ask it anyway. Are Hanuman, Krishna, Jesus, Parvati, etc. just different just different images of the one divine or are there many gods and goddesses? Yes. <laughs> That's a good answer. Yes. Yes, there is one divine, and yes, all those beings that you mentioned are forms of that one divine. Having different functions, different times, different places. Just as there are a million different beings in the world, there are a million different forms of God. Because every being is actually a different form of that love has that soul which is absolutely pure. So there are devotees of Hanuman, Jesus, Krishna, Parvati, etc. Like I said, whatever you like, whatever works for you, that's what you pursue. If you're attracted to Jesus, if that's what turns you on, that's fantastic. It's not necessary to deny that some that there's a Hanuman or this or that, you don't have to do that to, 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 to have Jesus be your path. Although there are a lot of uh, people that want to say that their way is the only way. So for them it is. Enjoy, knock yourself out. My way is all ways. All one, Maharaji said, all one. All one. That's the highest teaching in the simplest way. All one. This is something that we will experience directly. It's not something to talk yourself into. You can intellectually uh, agree with it to the point that you don't, beat other people up if they don't agree with your your situation. But ultimately, we will have that experience of oneness ourselves. Okay, so I want to sing a little bit more. And that's it for today. Let's do the Hanuman mantra for a few minutes. Om hum Hanumate Namah namaha that Nama, you know we say namaha it's not really namaha but when you sing you have all this extra space so you have to fill it with something it's really namaha with a an aspirated h at the end but westerners we're not supposed to know anything anyway so it doesn't matter Just sing along, just a few minutes of this.
2: Om um, Hom Anumate Namaha Om um, Hom Anumate Namaha Om um, Hom Anumate. Channa sarojaraja, nee jamanum okru sudhar, bara naagubara dimal jassu jodai ko palcha. udheen <laughs> tanuja Yeah Pavanna Sutanam Mahavir Pekram Pajarangi Kumatin Nevarasumati Kanchanavaran Virajasubesa Kananakum Dalakum Chitta Bachelor Dwaja Birade and they moonja to Neu Sad Shankar Suvana Esarinanda Deja Pratapa Mahajagabhan Idi Avani Ati Chatur Kari be ko atu Prabhu charitru Sunibe ko rasia. Ram malakan si tama nabasia. Suchamarupa siya marup dhare a sua sanare ram chandroke ka jo sanwar lai saneva nakna ji aaye shrir lai ragupati kinhe bahut Praya Paratha his Sama Dai Sahasavadan of Maro Saga Saka hisri Partakan Talaga Sana Kadika Brahma the Muni Sahita he said ye ga paala jahan te khab ko bidh kae sake kaande mantra dete shanna eshra tarai jagajan yuga sahastra gojan aparaban dil dyotai pura palajan prabhu mudrika nele mukamahi chal dilan guram makaaj gat ke jete sugham anotra marete ram duwaale murak ko mari sharan mara chak ka ape the pasash Seerog hare sabapira japate nirantaram no matbir sankat pate churave manakam bhaccha yamne jo lave sabapara lama tapasve raja here sakalat the Joko so अधुर संत के तुम रख को आरे असुर निकंदन रामदुलार अष्ट सिद्धि SADDARAHODA GHURPATTI KE DASARA TUMARE BAJANA RAMAKO PAVE JANAMA JANAMA KE DUKA BISHARAVE ANTAKALA GHUVARA PURJAI JAHANJANMAHARE BHAKTA KAHAI Oda devuta chitna darai Hannumata se savasuk karai Sankat katte mithe sab pira O sumire Hannumata balabira Jai 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 numaan Kuppa karo guru deva kinayi Jo sattvaara patta karakoi Chutahi bandhi maha sutuhoy Loya pade hanuman chaleesa Ho siddhi saati gaadeesa Siddhasa Sadhari Cheda Kije Nath Hurtayamahande Bhavanatanaya Sankatha Hurana Mangala Ramalakana Sita Siddharan daya busa sudha boopana ramachandra padaje sharanam mangalamurti marutananda sakala amangalamulanne mangalamurti maru Sakala mangala mula Jera Jai Ram, Jai Jai Ram Sri Ram, Jai Ram, Jai Jai Ram Sitara, Jai 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 Ram Sitaram, 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 Jai Jai Sitaram, Sitaram. Sitaram, Nitaram, Jai Jai Sitaram, 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 Jai Jai Sitaram, Sitaram. Sitaram, Sitaram, Sitaram.
1: So great to be back with you again today, really wonderful, wonderful. Thank you so much for coming. You know, if we know anything about a path at all, if we know that there might be a way to live in this world, in a good way, with an open heart, without fear, It's only because of the great beings that have gone before us on this path. Out of their love, out of their kindness, they left some footprints for us to follow. So, in the same way that they wish for us, in the same way that they wish for us, we wish that all beings everywhere all of us be safe, be happy, that all of us have good health and enough to eat. And may we all live in peace and that ease of heart with whatever comes to us in life.
2: Shapita Twameva, Twameva Bandu Shasaka Twameva, Twameva Videa, Dravinam Twameva, Twameva Saravam, mama Deva Deva.